siete es básicamente el antecedente de lo que hemos estado hablando, de este tema de estar fundamentados o, o tener esas bases en el Señor. Now, verse 18. He's transitioning. Look at, look at the grammatical, you know, uh, transition with the B-U-T, but. So, based on what I just told you, and we didn't get the chance to read the entire chapter. If you could read the, you know, this is the end of the book. This is the end of the chapter. But if you were to read, he goes and says, but, and then here is the command. You got to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. A couple of implications when it comes to growth. Number one, it's not accidental. And by accidental meaning, and I don't know if you guys remember this yesterday, but I'm going to get back to, uh, donde esta? to this. Remember the military term? And yesterday was Veterans Day. So keep that in mind. Estos son commands. Son mandatos que Dios está diciendo. So en ese versículo 18 habla de crecer. Dice él, pero tú. Right? But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior. So let's talk about growth for a second, okay? Number one, once again, is not accidental. What does that mean? When we say that it's not accidental. Tiene que haber un propósito. ¿Saben lo que es la palabra chiripada? No. Have you heard that word before, chiripada? No? You don't know what that is? Yes. ¿Qué significa chiripada? Chiripada. It's like, uh, how do you translate that? What's chiripada? Casualidad. What is it? No, 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 no. No. Chiripada is like... Uh, It just, it just happened. It's like, pero, pero it's not sudden, okay? It almost sounds like sudden. But chiripada is like, you got lucky, but without really trying, it just happened. And it, was, and, and it happened to your favor. You know, like, like if the Cowboys went today, it might be a chiripada. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. I'm just playing. That's not true. That's not a good analogy. Not on a Sunday. Um, anyway, so, so the point that I'm trying to make is, When it comes to growth, el crecimiento no es por chiripada. Now, I will even argue this. What's the opposite of growth? ¿Qué es lo opuesto a crecer? Same. So, same will be estancado, ¿verdad? Same is stuck. Yeah. Pero I don't, I don't think that's the opposite of growth. It in includes that, but I think, I mean, if you're not growing, what's the opposite? Declive, decimos en español, decline. ¿Me explico? So, here's my point. So, if you look at this non-accidental, I'm going to argue that if you, if I am declining, it's not accidental, it's purposeful. That's my point. Entonces, si piensan, por ejemplo, and I'm just going to use this analogy, if you think of a divorce, which is very tragic when people get divorced, when people sign a, a letter or a, a, ¿cómo se dice? Un acta de divorcio, You know, when you sign a divorce document, that's not when you fail. You fail a long time ago. El divorcing, the actual legal divorce, is just the recognition. Es como cuando gradúas de una, de una high school or de college. When you go through graduation ceremony and you get your diploma, cuando te dan tu diploma en la graduación, that's not when you succeeded. That was the recognition of your success. You succeeded when you came as a freshman and sophomore and you did your tests and your research papers. Does that make sense? So, aparentemente, success and failure, they both are processes. Son procesos. 
cuando triunfas y cuando fracasas. No, no, son, no son eventos. They're not events. I don't know if I'm making sense. And I'm just saying that because, again, because if, if or since the command is to grow, it's not going to happen by accident. Remember, we're talking about ownership. You have to own this responsibility. You take ownership to growth and to development. So, la primera es que no es accidental. La segunda es que no es instantáneo. So, once again, the image of germination, cuando piensas en la plantita que están haciendo, so the coming to know Christ, you know Jesus, no está incluido el growth. Right? Growth is something that is going to take place with intentionality. Entonces, naces en Cristo, you're newborn in Christ, but now you have to have a plan of growth and development. And by the way, by the way, by the way, esto es importante. No plan is a plan. Okay? Does that make sense? So if you don't have a plan on how to grow, because it's not instant, it's not included on your transformation, you have to have a plan, then it needs to, uh, again, it needs to be, ahí está en la pantalla, vean la palabra intentional. Es lo mismo, ¿verdad? Suena como similar, es like a synonym, intentional. What's the opposite of intentional? Otra vez, chiripada, ¿no? Chiripada. You know, it's like, you know, I didn't mean to and then it happened. No. You got to be intentional. Tiene que ser intencional. Y la otra es, piensen en una offensive and defensive line in football. El que tiene la pelota, whoever has the ball, you're in the offensive line. You're, estás atacando, ¿verdad? And then the one with the ball, you're in the Defensive, you're protecting. Que no hagan score. So the mindset that Peter is giving us is not protecting. It's not, you know, defending, but instead is offensive. You go and take charge of this. You make yourself responsible. Es lo que está hablando aquí. By the way, this is the central theme of the book, what we're talking about right now. This is what it's all about. This is the whole deal. Being rooted is basically having that ownership. Donde el rooted, la raíz que echamos cuando venimos a Cristo, that's not the wind, that's just the beginning. It's not the ceiling, it's the floor. Es donde empieza esto. Entonces, we don't settle by simply saying, I'm a follower of Christ. The question is, what does that mean? Y, y no sé si van a estar de acuerdo conmigo en esto, pero I'm of the mindset, this is my thinking. Yo, yo creo, creo, estoy convencido, that we are a generation, somos una generación that our culture is demanding, is demanding, is forcing this on us to tell them, we need to tell people what we, be, why, what we believe, que es lo que creemos, and why we believe it. Do you guys agree? In other words, you cannot play, if you're a follower of Christ, you cannot do the camouflage, you cannot do, do the secret service type of Christian, that you can just keep it quiet to yourself. No, no puedes nada más simplemente decir, hey, I just do my thing, I go to school, simplemente trabajo, hago lo que tengo que hacer, pero no tengo que estar diciendo de Cristo. Yo creo que hoy en día la situación forza a que digamos y hablemos. Why? If you guys agree, how are you forced to speak up and, and, and share about your faith? No, no, dile, dile. So in this case, if or since, because you're right, that's exactly how you conduct yourself, how you treat one another. Mi pregunta es, en cómo tratamos unos a otros, 
how is it that your faith in Christ now is not optional for you to show it, pero cómo es que la situación hoy en día te forza? I'm just thinking, and I'm using the word forzar, or, you know, it kind of puts you in a situation because, for instance, I'll just give you a quick example. And I know this is controversial. I'm still going to say it. No sé si han visto ahorita los reportes que ha habido en las, some colleges, universities around, around the country que están protestando against Israel. Have you heard that? Their protest, anti-Semitism? Especially with people que tienen las visas. Pero saben de qué estoy hablando, no saben de qué estoy hablando. So this is situation in Israel right now, right? The war. So aparentemente, there is a divide. Aquellos que apoyan a Israel y aquellos que están en contra de Israel as a nation or people group. All that I'm trying to say is that because of those conversations in our works and schools and even churches, they might ask and say, so what are your thoughts against, you know, what's, what's taking place con los Palestinians y con los Israel, Israelis? Does that make sense? So, esas preguntas, they're all over the place, and eventually they're going to ask you. And you won't be able to simply say, well, whatever. You know, I don't know. No, I think, I think we're in a place where now we're constantly being asked to do things like that. Um, eventually, you're going to be asked in your job, if you're working or you need, you need employment. Si necesitas un trabajo, te van a preguntar. I mean, como empresa, you know, we're, we're, we're a small company, and you apply for the company. Como compañía, here's just a thought. Como compañía, tenemos un, I don't know, we have a fund, tenemos una partida de dinero donde estamos ayudando, I don't know, you know, any, any initiative that can potentially be controversial, unethical, things like that. All that to say, I'm just saying that, you know, Peter is reminding, está, está haciendo este énfasis de que este es el tema central. The beauty for us as Christians, especially when you are facing persecution, when you're going through suffering, which were the things that we were talking about earlier, and then when you're going through a lot of confusion, a lot of misunderstandings, betrayal, isolation, maybe deprivation, estoy pensando en, en racial issues, tension, divisiveness. Um, esto es muy importante lo que dice abajo. Alguien tradúzcalo al español. ¿Cómo lo traducirían? ¿Qué es fight? Pelear. So, peleamos, ¿qué cosa? Desde no hacia la victoria. I don't know if that makes sense, but you don't fight towards victory, you fight from victory. Because again, we're talking about the central theme. The central theme is that you're going you're to grow. And this is not accidental, this is not circumstantial. There is no way you can look at yourself and say, es porque mis papás, es porque la situación, I mean, what happened at church, I'm just discouraged and all that. And those things do affect you, but ultimately you gotta own, you, you gotta be responsible for your growth and development. Does that make sense? Entonces, Pedro está diciendo, las circumstantials are not ideal. These are real, not ideal circumstances. If you're waiting for the ideal, you're probably gonna wait a long time porque life is never ideal. Do you agree? Mm -hmm. La vida nunca, que se te alineen las cosas y todo salga bien. Uh, I don't know. Si te pones a pensar, aquellos que llegan a, to make it to the top, whatever that may be, in business and relationships and, and sports, they never made it to the top because things aligned and that was ideal. They fought through a lot of issues. ¿Me explico? Muchos obstáculos hubo para eso. Que es el punto. De que as much as we need to do, 
and again, you know, fight and things like that. The principle is that our fight is not towards, is, what is it? It's from victory. Now, somebody tell me, what does that mean? Si, si esto es verdad, ¿qué significa? Que no peleamos hacia, sino que peleamos desde. Ya la tenemos. How do we have it? ¿Alguien iba a decir algo? No. Ok. Exactly. Entonces, la victoria de alguien más. So, again, last year, Super Bowl. Anybody watch the Super Bowl? ¿Quién ganó el año pasado? Chiefs. Los Chiefs. Chiefs. ¿Contra quién jugaron? ¿Alguien recuerda? Eagles. Ok. So, Eagles and Chiefs. Esto que está en la pantalla is like you guys going to YouTube or ESPN Classic and watch the Super Bowl from last year, which it was a good game. So, I'll, I love football. So, I'll watch it again. Except, guess what? I know the score already. I'm still going to watch it. I know the score. That's exactly what, you know, growing and fighting for Je in Jesus is. You fight, but you don't fight wondering how this is going to end. How do you fight? No. Exactly. Now, here's the challenge, though. You may know it, but you may not feel it. You may know it, but what you see is like, dude, this is not looking good. This is moving in the opposite direction. The more that I try, the more that I try to grow, the more empty I feel. ¿Me explico? Entre más trato, entre más lucho, más oposición encuentro, me siento más solo, no me adapto. So, anyways, this is where your knowledge, lo, lo que sabes, which by the way, el saber, una vez más, el saber, it, remember that we read from verse, what is it? Verse 2, chapter 3, verse 2. Um, dijimos anoche, Pedro está diciendo, hey, I want you to, the, to hear the message beforehand through the apostles, through the prophets and the apostles. Entonces, es el posicionarnos debajo de la enseñanza de la Biblia. You have to belong to a church so you can know. Does that make sense? You need to know. So the question is, who's speaking to you? And by the way, let me just do a quick commercial. Esto es importante lo que voy a decir. En la Biblia, in the Bible, the Bible always presents systems. Lo que vendría siendo jerarquías, hierarchy, sistemas de cómo Dios opera. There's systems. There's how you operate. Y la Biblia presenta sistemas que los sistemas, in reality, what they are, these systems, they, they exist for people, for men and women to flourish. Para que podamos llegar a ser y a desarrollar lo que somos y lo que debemos de hacer. So, so point, point uh, lo que trato de decirte es esto. In the book of Genesis, God creates men, and, a man and a woman, and they, he puts them in the garden to subdue, para que pudieran gobernar, y, y inclusive les da el command, es el command del Señor, de que, de que se unan, el hombre deja a su padre y a su madre, se une a su mujer, ¿y qué dice? Una sola carne. Pero el punto de ello es que puedan tener hijos, para que puedan, so here's my point. If you listen to the language, is God establishing a system. This is how you're going to operate. And the point is that God wants for men to flourish. Tragically, by chapter 3, para el capítulo 3 de Génesis, todo eso goes haywire. ¿Por qué? ¿Qué dice el capítulo 3 de Génesis? What happens? Rebellion, right? They basically look at God's system and says, eh, they're going to do their own thing. And the rest is history. Tracking with me? Okay. Estoy mencionando esto. Esta es la razón que lo estoy mencionando. Porque en la cuestión del sistema, the Bible presents children to be under the authority, the leadership, the protection of their parents. ¿No? ¿Sí? Are you tracking? 
This is why, now listen to this, this is why parents name children. When, when you name someone or something, that's authority. Los hijos no nombran a los padres, right? Nunca has visto un niño que le ponga un nombre al papá. Okay, so the point is, what I'm trying to make is, this is God's original plan. It's children under the leadership, the authority, the coverage, the mentorship of parents. Why? Now listen to this, please. It's because that's how children flourish. So you place yourself under authority so you can flourish. So translate that into driving. Cuando manejas, si vas a manejar de aquí a Midland, you know, there is a system how you drive. Tienes que respetar la velocidad, tienes que respetar, ¿me explico? ¿Para qué? ¿Cuál es el propósito? Una es de que llegues, pero que llegues safe. Y que no mates a nadie ni nadie te mate a ti. I don't know if you know this. Last night when we drove back to the hotel, man, that was a horrible accident. Aquí saliendo a unas, ¿qué? Five, seven miles? No sé dónde estaba, pero el carro estaba, I mean, it was a bad deal. My point is this. Los systems del Señor, los, lo que Dios ha establecido es para que el hombre flourish. Ultimately, the Bible is, is, is law. Son sistemas. Entonces, el problema de nosotros es que we typically look at God's systems and we perceive them as if God wants to control us. So, vemos la Biblia y decimos, ah, no, eso es para mis papás, para los viejitos. I, I mean, I may be the exception to the rule. Y ustedes saben, una vida, una vida sin la dirección de Dios probablemente no va a terminar bien. The point that I'm trying to make is this. I'm just going through this explanation. Here's my point. If children are supposed to, or since children, los hijos se posicionan debajo de los padres. ¿Para qué? Para que florezcan. That, 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 that's how they flourish, okay? You take away parents, and, and it's a different story for kids. Tracking? No? Sí? Conmigo? Okay. En el sistema de Dios, la mujer se posiciona debajo de su esposo. So women can flourish under the leadership. The same manner that the church places itself under Jesus. Are you tracking what I'm saying? Okay, aquí está mi punto. Y aquí es donde quiero que me escuchen. Ladies, 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 listen to me. Es lo que quiero que escuchen. Porque si ustedes como ladies are supposed to be under a husband, okay, cuando eres soltera, which all of you are, um, al ser solteras, y, y aún, if you're a child, which you are children of somebody, you may have your parents, you may not have your parents. La pregunta es, ¿qué hago si estoy soltera? Porque dice que es debajo de mi esposo. Well, ese esposo es Cristo. So ladies, you place yourself under Jesus. Tracking with me? Now the question is, who does man place himself under? ¿Quién? God. God? Y, y, aquí, y, y yo sabía que iban a decir God, which is the right answer, except... My problem with that answer, que es la correcta, esa, esa respuesta esta es la correcta, que el hombre se posiciona debajo de Dios, es que children place themselves under two dysfunctional individuals called parents. Imperfect, which are parents, right? Son imperfectos, no son perfectos. That's why there's no perfect families or perfect, you know, parents. Pero la esposa se posiciona debajo del esposo, which is also a, you know, dysfunctional person, which is the, the man. En que, en que, el, en que el, el esposo se posicione debajo de Dios, men under God, to me is a little unfair because God is a spirit. No lo ves. Cuando los hijos debajo de los padres, los cuales los ves, la esposa debajo de... What's my point? Here's my point, ladies. Y ese es mi punto. De que lo que yo entiendo de la Biblia es que el hombre, men, young men, and older men, whoever, you, as a man, you place yourself under the church. That's all I'm trying to say. De debajo de la iglesia. Because the church is the representative of God. Does that make sense? Mm. So, ladies, if you want to, 
if you want to choose a man that is going to be able, capable to know that is a man that is growing, ¿me explico? Alguien que, que esté creciendo, porque no, no tengo aquí nada, pero si piensan en un, si piensan en un coffee cup, en una, cup de, de una, una, una taza de café, sobre todo las que aquí había de Starbucks, me emocioné ayer que llegué porque eran de Starbucks. Dije, uy, café de Starbucks, son más son las puras cups. No, estaba rico el café. Pero el punto es este. Le pones una lid, ¿verdad? Le pones una tapita. ¿Lid se dice? ¿La tapa? Ok. So, en la estructura de Dios, vean lo que voy a decir. En la estructura de Dios, en el system de Dios, no existen hijos. There are no children. If you put it from a category of one to ten, en, en, en una... En una, en una en una uh, medida del 0 al 10, no hay hijos que sean un 7 si los padres son un 4. Because parents are the lid. Los padres son, uh, o sea, como padres, yo determino dónde va esto. Are you tracking what I'm saying? So there is no ladies who are going to be an 8 si el esposo es un 5. Entonces, mi punto es este. It, 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 this is what I'm trying to tell you. So what you want to do is to choose, especially ladies, you need to choose a man that you're going to say, okay, how much do I want to grow? So he needs to lead me in growth. ¿Me explico? Que me guíe en cómo vamos a crecer. Porque es obvio, when we're dating, typically in dating time, we don't think about these things because we're in love. Because... Everything is beautiful and, you know, you, just, you want to get married and you want to build this life and, you know, to have the 2.3 kids, whatever that means, you know, y, y tener two income family and, and to do that. You know what I'm saying? Porque todos son dreams. But once you say, I do, y te pones el, 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 el anillo en el dedo, the dreams, they become expectations by default. Just boom, like that. Something, something happens when you go through the aisle. Cuando, cuando pasas por la, por, por, en, el, en el templo y, y, and you make those covenantal things and promises and, you know, que, que in sickness and in health and todo ese rollo. Whatever you were dreaming, it becomes expectation. So, so entonces, otra vez, si en el noviazgo, even dating, you know, you've been frustrated because you don't see growth. Adivina qué? In marriage, it's going to be a nightmare. Es mi nightmare. Porque, mándeme. No, yo sé, yo sé. No, no los quiero espantar, pero here's the thing. Here's the, here's the bottom line. And again, this is going to be totally selfish. Esto que acabo de decir, esto que acabo de decir, y nos pasa a todos, es lo que, unfortunately, as pastors, it comes back to us porque ahora eso se llama marriage counseling. Porque están todos frustrados. And they're angry to one another. And, you know, y él se siente que lo están haciendo disrespectful. Que no me valora ella, que no me da mi lugar. Porque es la clásica de que ella es la que va a la iglesia. Él no va a la iglesia. Does that make sense? Y ella se ve que tiene más urgencia para las cosas. Y este chavo no se pone las pilas. And I'm just stereotyping. This is wrong because I'm making generalizations. It's not always like that. But all that I'm trying to tell you. El, el punto es que esto no es accidental. Does that make sense? Y, 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 y mi argumento es este. This is, this is everything that I'm trying to tell you. Because if or since we do not grow towards, we grow From victory. O sea, el crecimiento que necesitamos hacer no es simplemente que tenga la persona carisma, knowledge, que agarre un degree. Que, ¿Me explico? O sea, llega un punto en el cual el crecimiento del que estamos hablando is not. The growth that we're describing, especially in Peter, is not the guarantee that things are going to work out. The growth that we're describing is the guarantee that even when things don't work out, guess what? 
me mantengo firme en mis convicciones en la persona de Cristo. So, if my marriage is not working out, I just don't quit. ¿Me explico? Porque es el problema. Hoy en día, chavos, a I mí mean, este es un problema grandísimo. Hoy en día, I personally, based on the Bible, I don't believe that divorce is the unforgivable sin. No creo que el divorcio es el pecado capital o imperdonable. Mi issue con el divorce is that most divorces in our culture, and I say culture, but in la, in la iglesia, son divorces que no son approved by God. We get divorced by crazy, selfish, non-biblical reasons. Does that make sense? Now, you know what that happens? You know why? Typically, and I'm stereotyping, I know every case is different, cada marriage is different. Yo pienso la razón es esta. Es porque typically, as Christians, we agree, we want God at the beginning of the journey. Queremos la bendición de Dios, queremos la bendición de la familia, queremos la bendición del pastor, and we marry through God's principles. Now, we go through marriage, and then when we're fed up, and we're disappointed, cuando hacemos el dissolve del marriage, we don't want anybody's blood. We don't need it. I just want out. Does that make sense? Porque ya, o sea, ya, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of this nonsense. Entonces, ya no quiero escuchar el consejo de nadie. Ya no me interesa lo que dice la Biblia. That's my point. Because I just want out. And then, you know the classical thing. Because I found somebody else. Right? Encuentras a alguien más. And te empiezan a hacer promesas. So, I'm just giving you these scenarios, which I think are extremely real in our world today. Que la única manera en que vamos a poder navegar estas aguas difíciles. And I'm, I'm trying for us to come back. I'm trying to draw you back into Peter's scenario. Peter's scenario is very, very difficult because he's going to be persecuted. Pedro va a ser perseguido. La iglesia va a rechazarlo. La, el pueblo de Dios is going through a lot of false teaching. Remember false teaching? Counterfeit teaching? See? Uh, suffering, persecution. Y, y, y el punto es de que no podemos simplemente, hey, just be at the mercy of circumstances. Okay. Is this making sense? Más o menos, ¿no? ¿Sí? ¿Qué piensan? No me caso, van a decir. No me caso ahora. Yes, okay, I like that. Just, just be careful. Okay, o sea, conforme se casan, which how often you get married, I mean, the same principle. Getting married is not accidental. It's intentional, it's purposeful. Right? Porque lo que no estoy de acuerdo es eso. This is, uh, and again, maybe you're not going to invite me back, what I'm about to say. Uh, yo no estoy de acuerdo en que me digan que you're praying for God's chosen person in your life, pero you don't make yourself available. ¿Por qué? Porque sería, es lo mismo que, es lo mismo que me dicen, hey, I'm looking for a job, but I'm not filling up applications. Pues oye, nunca aplicas. ¿Me explico? Pues ¿cómo quieres que Dios te pruebe un trabajo? So which one is it? Do you pray or do you apply? Which one is it? Exactly. The answer is yes. So en este caso, si tú sabes. Now, if you, if you have the calling to say, I'm okay single and I don't need to get married and I'm, I'm good and I'm going to devote my life to do X, Y, and Z, hey, power to you. But most of us, we're not wired like that. Does that make sense? Most of us, we want to get married. Most of us, we know that we need companionship. Most of us, we're going to create a family. I don't know if I'm making sense. Now, the only thing that I would say to you is this, and again, I know I'm deviating a little bit, but I think this is important. Aparte, para que esto lo platiquen cuando vayan en camino a la casa. Now listen to this. Hoy en día, because culture is completely upside down. O sea, this is an infiltration of false teaching. Culture has idolized, has exalted, idolized, and demonized marriage. Ayer lo expliqué diciendo que es la exaltación 
la, lo exalta, lo idolatra y lo sataniza. This is my point. La Biblia presenta marriage, relationships and marriage, not as a capstone, but as a cornerstone. La palabra capstone es como el birrete que te pones el gorrito cuando gradúas, graduation time, que te pones un gorrito. Es una capstone que simboliza qué cosa. What, what does that symbolize? What was the meaning of, of that capstone? You're done. You, you got to the top, right? Hoy en día, marriage is seen through the lenses that, men. once you find that one, the soulmate, soulmate, right? You fi find the one, find the one. You just, mmm. That's, that's what you want, right? No, 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 no. No, la Biblia presenta, el, el matrimonio es importante, pero la Biblia presenta el matrimonio como el cornerstone, como el fundamento. La palabra cornerstone sería como piedra angular, como el fundamento. Why? Because marriage, as important as it is, and it's biblical, and you see that from Genesis, es el punto de que el matrimonio, yo siempre lo he visto como un down payment, un enganche. It's a down payment of what is to come. Because what is to come, meaning, meaning the end time, cuando Cristo venga, lo que viene es un matrimonio entre Cristo y la iglesia. So our marriages on earth are simply a little taste of the actual marriage that is to come. So el marriage is el tool of evangelism. Marriage is to proclaim that Jesus is the, the husband, the groom, uh, is coming for whom? He's coming for the bride. Who's the bride? Nosotros. Entonces, es importante el matrimonio y es necesario. Necesitamos crecer, necesitamos hijos, necesitamos, you know, the nursery and todo eso, que, que haya muchos niños dentro del matrimonio. It's a blessing. It's, it's a privilege. It's legacy. It's gospel. The gospel moving from generation to generation. It's a blessing. But you've got to be careful that you don't fall into this crazy nonsense donde hablan de eso de soulmates. Y, y, y cuando lo ves como el capstone, aquí es otra cosa. Capstone es, es la cuestión de que lo ves como que this is it. Once you get to that marriage thing, you made it. Y otra vez, that's not true. That's not true. Because number one, this life, as important as it is, y entre paréntesis, en este mundo es donde empieza el cielo y la vida eterna. La vida eterna no empieza cuando mueres. ¿Sí? ¿No? ¿Conmigo? Eternal life begins when you receive germination, cuando entrega su vida a Cristo, ¿verdad? Pero eso no implica que no va a haber dificultades. Otra vez, these people, in 2 Peter, they're going through hell on earth, but they are experiencing the fullness of Christ. Are you tracking? So, all that I'm trying to tell you is this, is that this experience is in, on, on earth, conforme navegamos, conforme crecemos, conforme nos desarrollamos, all that I'm trying to tell you is that we do it not from I'm sorry, no, we don't do it towards victory, we do it from victory. El score is already set. It's a done deal. Okay, ¿sí? ¿Más o menos? ¿No? ¿Por ahí? ¿Mal asunto? Yeah. Are you guys good? Okay, question is, what's the object of the growth? Why are we need to grow? Why, why do we, if, if Peter's going to say, you got to grow in knowledge and you got to grow in grace. When it comes to knowledge, for instance, the knowledge is basically not of yourself. This is not about knowing who you are. I can tell you who you are and you know who I am. I'm broken, I'm dysfunctional, I'm a sinner. Es lo que soy, ¿me explico? O sea, somos personas, con, somos, somos miserables. That's who we are. So, somos personas dignas de ser enviadas a un infierno. That's who we are. No por lo que hemos hecho, pero porque somos hijos del primer Adán. So we inherited. We were born enemies of God. So I don't need therapy. I don't need for people to tell me who I am. Y otra vez, estoy siendo un poquito, you know, uh, sarcastic on this. Yo, yo sé que es necesario tener ayuda y, y, y a, a veces tenemos... Crisis of faith, crisis of identity. I understand those things. But my invitation is, el growth, que necesitas en knowledge, is based on who Jesus is. 
Because until you know who Jesus is, you will never know who you are, and you'll never know what to do. ¿Captamos eso? A menos que sepas quién es Dios, nunca sabrás quién eres tú, y no sabes saber qué hacer. So what you don't want to do, you don't want to begin with what am I supposed to do. You want to begin with who he is, and whoever he is, God is, that determines who I am. Porque si no, si empiezo conmigo, voy a permitir que las experiencias, los sentimientos, lo que me hicieron, mis fracasos, mis frustraciones, definan quién soy. I am not what I've done. I am, done, I, I am what Jesus has done. No lo que yo hice. Lo que yo hice, si fue en contra del carácter de Dios, tiene que ser perdonado al confesarlo como pecado. Right? I don't dwell on it. I don't, it's just, I, I give it to Jesus. So, en este caso, quiere que crezcamos en conocimiento. Conocimiento de quién es Él. That's what we said, Christology, Missiology, and eventually we get to us, which is the bride of Jesus, which is la iglesia, the church, right? Now, when it comes to grace, guys, this is hard. This is not easy. Here we go. Grace, rápidamente. Porque está pidiendo que crezcamos en conocimiento, que crezcamos en gracia. Grace, when it comes to grace, 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 grace. By nature, grace. La gracia de Dios es voluntad. What does that mean? What's voluntary? Talk to me. Voluntary. Okay. ¿Qué será lo opuesto voluntary? ¿Qué es lo opuesto voluntary? Force. Expected. Demanded. So, cuando recibes tu check el, el, el viernes o cada 15 días, is that grace that you're receiving? No. When, when, you're, when your boss pays you? No. ¿Por qué? Because expected because you earn it. You work for it. Okay, la gracia de Dios is always voluntary, which means, what does that mean? La da el Señor de una manera gratis. Now, here's the point, guys. This, this is where it gets really hard. This is hard. It's very hard, especially like for these people who are going through the valley of the shadow and death. Cuando estás pasando por el valle de sombra y de muerte, esto es muy difícil porque we, we have made the mistake. Y ese, ese, es un, ese, ese es el resultado de no crecer. Remember, growth is never, is never uh, accidental, is not circumstantial, eh, no, no es por chiripada, ¿verdad? So, una manera que vas a evaluar si estás creciendo, here is how you know if you're growing, how you respond to tragedy, to difficulties, to disappointments. How you respond to that is going to determine whether you understand that the grace of God is voluntary. Meaning, here's my point. Como cristianos, cuando no crecemos, now we expect for God to give us grace. And when you make an expectation and, and life is not making sense, you look at God and say, what's up? ¿En qué quedamos? How dare? How dare you? ¿Me explico? ¿Cómo es posible que permitas eso a mi mamá y a mi tío y todo lo que hemos hecho? ¿Cómo es posible que... Are, are you listening to what I'm saying, guys? Is that making sense? So the question is not if you're going to go through difficulties. The question is, how do you respond to God in the context of difficulties? That's the real question. And Peter is not promising that things are going to get better. Pedro no está diciendo, hey, échenle ganas y van a ver que esto va, va a mejorar. No, Pedro está diciendo, crezcan en conocimiento. Crezcan en la gracia. And this is how you grow. Number one, it's not accidental. No es por chiripada. It's not circumstantial. ¿Me explico? Tiene que haber una, una intención. And part of the intentionality, and that's what is the list in there, everybody, when it comes to grace, everybody at the beginning is surprised. Hay un himno que cantamos en inglés que se llama Amazing Grace. 
en español sería gracia admirable. Se ha sorprendido, ¿no? Es amazing. Wow, that God will save me. Right? Pero observen lo que está ahí. De estar so sorprendido, then you got used to it. And then eventually you were expecting it, then you assume it, and especially when you're facing things like this, guys. Cuando estás pasando como ellos, what's the last one on the list? Demand. Now you demand it. Y recuerdan que les hablé acerca de de-churching? La gente que ha salido, 40 million people have left the church. My, again, this is my preconceived assumption. A lot, if this is how we think, it makes perfect sense for us to leave the church because this thing is not working out. O sea, todo lo que he trabajado en la iglesia para que me salgan con esto, you feel, you feel disappointed. You feel like, you feel deceived that you were set up. ¿Me explico? Porque entregaste tu vida, trabajaste duro, and things didn't work out. And it's like, dude, what's going on? Forget about this. Let's try something else. Yo pienso que mucha gente sets themselves for failure. Now, if this is making sense, guys, translate what I just said into relationships, dating, parenting, uh, job relation. I mean, si entras al matrimonio o al noviazgo expecting, demanding, dude, you're in for a ride. ¿Me explico? Porque es la clásica situación. This is the typical scenario where nobody is good enough for you. O sea, tus expectativas y tus demandas, ni siquiera tú las puedes llenar. So you trying to satisfy yourself, it's like, dude, you, you, you're, you're in la la land. ¿Me explico? Estás, estás, en un mundo, estás en un mundo en el cual es, no es realista. Entonces, menciono todo esto porque the opposite, you don't want to be, you don't want to be a doormat. No, no quieres nada más ser un people pleaser, ¿verdad? De que quieres que todos te quieran y la afirmación de todos o tratas de complacer a todos. No, 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 no. Todo lo que estamos diciendo es que Pedro está diciendo, crece en conocimiento y crece en gracia. You have to know, grow in the knowledge of Jesus, not of yourself, Jesus, which is reflected not on the changing of circumstances, but what is changing is your perception of who God is in spite of the circumstances. Entonces, las circunstancias, las dificultades, los problemas, me permiten ver la expansión de la gracia de Dios. Entonces, entre más complicado, entre más decepcionado, entre más depresión, entre más el, el reporte del doctor es, es no es favorable, más dependo de su gracia. Más descanso en el que el Dios de la Biblia, aún si no me da lo que estoy pidiendo, Él sigue siendo Señor. Aún cuando si la cosa completamente está perdida y es irreversible el daño, adivinen qué. Eso no altera quién es Él, porque Él no cambia. Entonces, I just hold on to the truth of who He is, even though I'm dying inside, even though it's making no sense, even though I cannot forgive myself, even though, does that make sense? Because you're going to go through those seasons. Life is broken. Life is broken. I'm not anticipating. I don't want this for you, but I'm just asking you, listen to the voice of Peter. He's speaking to these people. And by the way, Peter was an eyewitness of Jesus, so he's... Talking about Jesus. Okay, rápidamente, con esto acabamos. You're going to grow in knowledge. You're going to grow in grace. Y dice, of our Lord and Savior. So, otra vez, está describiendo a Él. To Him, who is Him? ¿De quién está hablando? The Lord and Savior, ¿verdad? O sea, cuando hablamos Lord, ese es el nombre. La palabra Lord, que es la, la palabra Señor. This word Lord el apóstol Pablo dice en Filipenses, Filipenses capítulo 2, que el Padre le dio al Hijo, es exaltation through humiliation, el Padre le dio al Hijo el nombre que es por sobre todo nombre. This is the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every, what's going to happen? It's going to bow, and every, what is it? It's going to confess. ¿Qué cosa? 
that Jesus is Lord. Okay, esa palabra Lord es la que encuentran aquí. Esa palabra Lord es la palabra que Caesar, los Caesars de, de Rome, los, los emperors, they attribute that word to themselves when they deify themselves. ¿Saben qué es la palabra deified? Cuando se declaraban dioses. They make themselves gods. They believe that they were deities. So, ellos se ponían eso. What's the point? Lo que está diciendo el apóstol Pedro es esto. I want you to grow in grace and knowledge and instead, porque esta, esta gente está viviendo en el Roman government. So, el gobierno está diciendo, everybody worships Caesar. Call him Lord. And Peter says, no, no, no. When you grow in knowledge and you grow in grace, you call Jesus Lord. Él es el Señor. No hay nadie más como Él. Does that make sense? Now, think about it. In this time in history, that confession is going to cost you your life and your pension and your job and potentially your family. So are you willing to make the confession? Si estás dispuesto, ¿me explico? A declarar eso. Está diciendo él, hey, hey, tiene que ser el Señor. Y obviously, el title de Savior, que es el nombre de Jesús, Salvador del mundo. So the point in here is that he is going to be, he's going to be the object, the, the recipient of glory. Esta palabra otra vez de que está usando de la persona de Cristo, ¿sí? Eh, eh, yo no sé si están familiarizados con esto, pero esto es un pretzel. Because he's using, he's using the word Jesus, the title that he's given of Lord and Savior. Especialmente la cuestión de que para él sea la gloria. Ese título de gloria, giving Jesus glory, is the title that is used in the Old Testament for God. What's the point? Here's the point. He's making this point, that Jesus is God. That's all he's saying. So the pretzel ilustra que es un solo bread con three holes. Does that make sense? One bread, three holes. Cuando trata de Dios, es un Dios, tres personas. And if you look at the, the holes, every hole is unique. So dentro, dentro del Dios trino, de, de, de Dios como Padre y Espíritu Santo, every one of the persons of the Trinity is unique. Lo que no puede ser es separarlos. Puedes hablar de sus distinctiveness. You cannot separate it. Does that make sense? Now, what's the point? Here's the point. The point is the exaltation of Christ, who He is. And the concept of the glory is the concept of uh, heaviness and, and value. So the scale. En ese tiempo era como una escala donde estabas viviendo este tipo de experiencia para entender lo que es la gloria de Dios. Um, folks, again, this is just the understanding that you go from brightness into blindness. In other words, for you to understand the glory of God, you need to understand how Jesus chose darkness and how Jesus chose abandonment to do this. Here's the closing thing. And then he says, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. I want you to do this. Y otra vez, para mí, this is... Man, this, is, this right here in front of you is not going to make a good movie for Marvel and some of these, you know, guys in Hollywood. Because in Hollywood, you always want to see people, you, you want to see the good people winning. Y aquí no da la impresión que gana al final por esto. Porque if you notice, he's describing the growing in the grace, the growing in the knowledge, and then declaring who Jesus is. And then he says... Listen to this. You declare the, the bigness of God. He is the pretzel. He is the Alpha and the Omega. He is God Himself. What's the point, Peter? Here's the point. That what you, what's going to happen to you if you're able to grow in grace, you're able to grow in, in, in knowledge. Cuando creces en conocimiento, en gracia, the bottom line is your perspective is going to change. Maybe not your circumstances, but your perspective. Why? La perspectiva es que ahora vas a ver la situación through the now, processing the now through, what is it? The day of eternity. Entonces, ahorita, el reporte del doctor is not favorable. What I'm seeing right now financially and emotionally is not making sense. But guess what? My losses, my grief, my sorrows, in eternity, they're going to become joy.
Does that make sense? My despair, my abandonment, my sadness. In Jesus, one day, darkness turns into light. Now, here's the urgency I want to put to you before you. Si eso que acabo de decir es cierto, that all of the losses, all of the grief, all of the difficulties eventually turn into blessings. Si eso es verdad, que espero que lo crean, que todo lo que se pierde hoy en día, en el día de la eternidad, cuando Cristo venga, será restaurado. If you believe that, exactly the opposite is true for the non-believer. If you are not a follower of Jesus, all of your successes today, when Jesus returns, they, they will become, ¿en qué se van a convertir los successes? Nada. En pérdida. Losses. So, todo lo que la gente experimenta aquí, and think about it, think, just, just process this with me, porque estoy hablando de gente que ustedes conocen que no son cristianos. La gente que no conoce de Cristo, this life, for the believer and unbeliever, esta vida tiene cosas muy bonitas. There's a lot of beauty in this life. A lot of brokenness. Pero todo lo que el hombre experimenta en esta vida sin Cristo, en bendición, cuando Cristo venga va a ser maldición. Does that make sense? Because judgment is coming. Ese es mi punto. Entonces, para nosotros los creyentes, todas las dificultades, Pedro está diciendo, hold on, buckle up, hold on, don't quit, don't give up. Because whatever you're going through, sorrow and losses, in due day, ¿qué va a pasar? What happens at the end? Jesus restores everything. ¿Me explico? He restores everything. Pero if you're not a follower of Jesus, everything you're going through right now, anything good, anything pleasurable, anything beautiful, when Jesus returns, is going to be curse. It's going to be a curse. It's going to be sorrow and pain for eternity. ¿Tú estás sintiendo la presión de lo que está diciendo el apóstol? So no more side, no more, no more led, led by side and what I feel and what I think. Eso tiene que estar involucrado, pero no tiene que ser el driving force. So what I think and what I feel and what I know matters. But it's not the turning point. El turning point es que todo lo proceso a través del día de la eternidad. It's about that one day. So based on what I know and based on my trust placed on Jesus' return, I'm going to fight. I'm going to commit. I'm going to strive. I'm not going to give up. ¿Tiene sentido esto, muchachos? Y eso es lo que hace la palabra de Dios. Constantemente nos recuerda esto. All right, before we pray, question.